Yeah, Rob, when we first started this podcast, remember we were we were really concerned about selling out and you know, I was just thinking the other day, you know, we started the podcast at uh, Rock and Brews. We um, did. And I was having that delicious ribs there. And um I always heard the podcast was started at um uh Dave and Buster's. No, no, no. We, we, we was rock, it was Rock and Brews, which oh, uh, they Bruce. did that. Uh, and I was having a Mountain Dew. Actually. Oh, Mountain Dew. Do, doing the Dew. Interesting. Wait, which Mountain Dew? Code Red? No, no, no. Regular Mountain Dew. What the okay. fuck? Code Red. Fucking I'm just wondering. It's yeah. and I mean, specific. And I sit here with this bag of Doritos, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm just I'm happy we haven't sold out and just to any old product that contacts us and wants to have us talk about them on the show. It's funny that you say that. The other day I was enjoying a delicious Toblerone that I got in the airport. Very creamy chocolate ha- Toblerone. Hazelnut. Hazelnut. And I was thinking, I'm so glad that we don't promote things. You know what I mean? Because that's just – Yeah, it doesn't we- allow us to have any real opinions about stuff like um, the fact that the G.I. Joe classified line is the best. <laughs> is that true? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And that and that was something that I was considering even at night while I was over at Greg's house using a summer's eve on his anus. Wait, what? Uh, um, Is that too far? <laughs> it depends on how much they're going to pay us. I mean, so, companies are always looking for mixed market and like to. You know, I mean, to... no, no, we did not sell out at all. No, not yet. That's funny because the sellout thing, that's exactly what I was thinking while I was scro- scrolling through adamandeve.com the other day. Uh, getting the <laughs> getting the obliterator. Huh? Well, yeah. Well, I needed some Trojans and KY jelly, and I was scrolling through adamandeve.com, which has all of your sexual needs uh, ready to go. And it always turns to sex. And it I has was all of, thinking – It has all of <laughs> – my sexual needs. I don't know if anything has all of your sexual needs. No, not many things do. You have to go to farmersonly.com. <laughs> and so, and I was thinking as I was scrolling through Adam sexual and encyclopedia.com. Yeah. Right, where your first purchases are 10% off. Um, I was thinking like, uh, you know, we should never sell out. Yeah, we shouldn't. You know what I mean? And then I and then I ordered a variety pack of Trojans. And uh, the the um, KY warming jelly. That's nice. So because what it's really, comes it, in the variety pack, Omar? It's a variety pack. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I got that. What 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 what's in the variety pack? Uh, well, I got the micro one, so it's not that much. <laughs> <It's> only... <laughs> um, it's okay. Pretty, well, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine this podcast being the type of podcast that's like use the the code give me five at vagisil and get ten percent off your first order. I could not imagine that. Yeah, that'd be no. ridiculous. So, but we've made it all the way up to episode two seventy five. So, uh, Omar, tell people what they're listening to. Tell people things. You, up until now, we're listening to the Gimme Five podcast, episode two seventy five, brought to you by the Gimme Five podcast patrons and Toblerone. Not, not This 
is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about excessively entertaining things. This is uh, this show is where we talk about um, all things pop culture. We don't really get into the heavy stuff. Uh, we talk about, we're going to do a little bit of entertainment news. I think we have some movies that we're talking about today. I don't think we have any movies or books, but uh, I'm sorry, music or books, but we do that too. Uh, do we have a Florida story? Uh, I don't. Uh, I did not find one. Um, you know, there was one. I'll find it real quick. YouTube, be interesting. I'll be back. You know what they call me? What do they call you? They call me Data. Oh. And wow. I'm also joined by um, Short Round. What's up, Dr. Indy? Jones. Oh. Dr. Jones. There it is. Are you and... an android? <laughs> wow, nice. That was good. Uh, and I'm also joined by... Wayman Wang. Uh, hi. I just won a shit ton of uh, Academy Awards. Yes, you did. And you deserve them. That's true. Um, this week, you know what we're going to talk about? I think we're going to do um, The Boston Strangler. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel 2. Also known as Shazam Fury of the Gods. Oh, yeah, that too. Okay. Oops. Yeah, I, I was occupied. Are we doing Scream 6? Yes. And I would like to talk about the subtle art of not giving a beep the movie. We don't was, care. Which was pretty cool. Wait, you're going to bleep shit now? Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make it a family show. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, one thing I won't do is spoil anything, though. I'm not that guy. Oh, I'm going to spoil the shit out of some stuff. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to spoil some stuff. You can't spoil Scream 6. Eventually, I'll see it after I see Scream 5. Oh, no, I'm going to spoil Scream 6. Well, then I'm not going to edit you to make you sound better. Take that. And I'm going to spoil it on purpose when you're not expecting it. <sighs> you're the worst. <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, go here with some news. Yes, Rob has the sad news because he's, you know, he's sad. depressing. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I, I was actually... I was actually saddened by this news. Uh, I found out this past week that Lance Reddick has passed away. Yeah, and he wasn't very one. old either. He was, what, 65? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, he was about 60 years old. For those of you who don't know Lance, or don't recognize the name Lance Reddick, he was the concierge from John Wick. The mm -hmm. uh, the thin black guy at the desk. The concierge. In, yeah, he had a major part in Fringe. He's had he been yes. in all sorts of stuff. He, he was in um, The Wire. Yes, yep. he was in The Wire. He, I also just found out recently that he was the voice of the cartoon show on Amazon Prime that I've been watching, The Legend of Vox Machina. He oh, is he really? Voice, yeah, he's the voice of the head dragon Thordak. And... and I kept listening to it going, God, I know that voice. Who the fuck is that? Finally, I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, that's right. Okay. He He really was like just this great character actor. And when I saw that he passed, I was, it's so weird. It's not like I know the guy, you know, it's not like we know him personally or anything, but it's just, he's such a great actor and he can, I don't know. It, 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 it was a weird, it was a surreal moment to see that he had passed away. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was one of those that you were like, Oh man. Yeah, exactly. It was disappointing. And he was young. I mean, relatively young. Like, it wasn't it was out of nowhere. 90. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. 
the... I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't near as near as ah oh, shit as like Chadwick Boseman was, but I mean, this was this was an actor that I actually liked. I mean, he he's played some great roles. He does a really good he he did a really good job, and like I said, he he's been in stuff that like I'm currently watching, and it's like oh man, yeah, it's a bummer. Well, condolences to his family, and and yeah. he he's somebody who will be missed, and he he was. I don't know. I felt like anything he was in, he made it better. And uh, go see John Wick 4, which is going to be one of his last roles. Uh, yeah. Now out in theaters. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you know what else? Uh, I did not watch. And now that I know the outcome, uh, especially with um, everything everywhere all at once, uh, so, so, being such a big part of it, I didn't watch the Academy Awards. Did you guys? I did. I did not. Most, most I, of it. I typically, I think I've said it before. I don't typically do these award shows because it's just a bunch of overprivileged people patting each other on the back. Correct. But that do, was a great movie. And I do because <laughs> I think there's a lot of underprivileged people that get patted on the back too, like the writers and the the graphic design people and the you know, that kind of thing. So I actually like the tech awards, the ones that they are largely don't televised, but. Um, mm-hmm. This That's time fair. I made sure that I watched it because this was the the year of the genre film. And the people that I have loved and respected for many, many, many years, like, basically took all the awards. Um, wait, wait. I don't mean to be ignorant. W- what do you mean genre film? Genre like horror films or sci-fi films. Like, Why was this the year of the genre film? Uh, well, one, the, the film that was up for the most awards was um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which Rob right. pointed out to us. Because I had not had any idea what it, before it came out. He was like, "Did you see that trailer? That movie's coming out this week. It's going to be great." Blah blah blah. That, yep, all. And it's I had true. no idea it was even existing. That so, all goes to to Rob for sure. Yeah, and that was an amazing. And movie. then he saw it the weekend it came out and called it like, "This movie's great. We have to see it." it I think it became all of our favorite movie of the year. And then it went on to actually, I think it has won more awards than any movie ever, if you count all of the, you know, the Baftas, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, Producers Guild, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Um, so it also but it also led to what I would consider genre actors like Michelle Yeoh like she got her one of her the biggest movies that we saw her in was um Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon but she yes. never won anything but that but she's kind of considered a genre actor actress whatever she's been in Star Trek she's been in a bunch of stuff um then Jamie Lee Curtis got her start in horror movies has never won anything like really yeah never she won really anything. hasn't that's true and yeah. she and she's such a great in this movie. She was like, I mean, we know her face, obviously, because it's Jamie Lee Curtis. But you don't realize what a chameleon she is until you see her in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing with with her specifically, she never turned away from her beginning. Like you never heard her be like, "Hey, oh, it was in that Halloween movie, duh." Like it, you know, it was just a stupid little movie I was in back then. Let's get back to talking about True Lies. Like no, she. She still goes to the conventions. She still meets with the fans. She is still willing to star in new Halloween movies, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. While she could be doing anything else, so it's so she actually loves doing that kind of stuff. Uh, the person that that Rob pointed out after seeing everything everywhere, it's like, did you recognize who that that voice? Uh, Kehi Kwan. I can't pronounce, but um, that was pretty good. Yeah, so he won supporting actor. Uh, he could not find a job in Hollywood, basically after Encino Man. I think like there's a couple little things, but he was in Encino Man. 
Yeah, I think so. He's like a buddy or something. Um, oh, I thought he wasn't in anything since Goonies. Uh, he was well. He had he had been a stunt man for a bunch of stuff, but I think he was in Encino Man because because the other person that won an award was Brendan Fraser for the whale for the whale, which yeah, apparently is phenomenal. Heard that was but amazing as well. I've heard it's really good and really depressing. So, um, and he famously had a big problem in Hollywood where a an executive uh, tried to molest him. Really? I did not and, know that. And grabbed his uh, crotch. No, gr- sorry, grab. As he said, because he's cool like us, and we'll say things like this. He said the dude grabbed his taint and tried to like stick fingers places. And when he called the guy out on it, all of a sudden his job offers went away. That's weird. Um, and you know, people were saying he was a malcontent. Who is Brendan Fraser is like the one of the nicest dudes in Hollywood. Like, whenever oh. someone. A convention says something to him about like, "Oh, I love your work." He like literally tears up. Like, "Thank you so much." For That's so supporting. sweet. Yeah, and so it was so great. exciting. It was great to see him win the award. I, I don't, I watch the award shows, um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of for the music performances, et cetera, et cetera. But I've never cheered for someone to win the award. And well, it looks I, like I between... literally cl- applauded when he won. It looks like between the two of them, um, K. K. Hugh Kwan and Brendan Fraser. It looks like people who deserved it are finally getting awards. Not that other people in other years have not, but these are such like underdogs that came back mm-hmm. from from. I don't mean to be rude, but they came back from sort of obscurity. Obscurity, yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to disrespect them, but that's like a really lovely story. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I like that. <clears throat> now I do remember there being some controversy about the uh about the awards. I mean there always is because it's it's always the the is it de- was it deserved this year or were they giving it to them to make up for missing it previous years or whatever. Um because the the one that I know there was a lot of discussion about was um uh Jamie Lee Curtis winning best supporting actress over Angela Bassett for her portrayal of um in uh black panther wakanda forever i actually heard of it i actually heard similar but it was jamie lee curtis and the the girl that played the daughter in everything everywhere all at once Um, oh yeah that was a big one too because she had had to show more of a dynamic or uh emotional range Mm -hmm. um in different ways but but see here here's the problem with award shows it's not wrong to give it to jamie lee curtis Correct. It's not wrong to give it to the daughter from everything, everywhere, all at once. And it's not wrong to give it to Angela Bassett. Like none of them are. My question would be why, why was Jamie Lee Curtis less deserving than the others? And there's no right answer to that. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. They were all great. That's the problem with award shows is that, Angela Bassett is is a is a she's been around for a long time too. Yeah. She's a force. I mean, she's amazing. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis just disappeared into that role, um, and the the young lady from Everywhere, Everything, Everywhere. She was. It was awesome. It was an awesome role, but. 
I think sometimes I think sometimes they give it to legacy people because because they've been overlooked for so many years. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But I'm thankfully I'm an, I'm not in the position where I have to make that decision. You know what I mean? You have to. It, they always refer to the Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, winning all of those awards because it was the culmination of all three movies. Mm-hmm. When that one wasn't even the best of the three. Do you remember the oh, first see, year? I liked that. That one was one of my favorites. I thought that, it was a great movie. Yeah, that one. That one of the three was probably my favorite. Do you guys remember back in like nineteen? 19- 89, 90, no. 91, something like that. Um, Greg, Greg wasn't born yet. remember that far back. Greg wasn't born yet, but Rob and I would remember that. It was the first year the Grammys had the... Metal category? Metal category. Yeah. I, I, Jethro I, I, Tull won. Yeah. Over Metallica. A, a band with a, with a flute player. Right. Way. Right. But you give it to the legacy guy, even though Jethro, Jethro, Jethro Tull is not a metal band. That was a little bit that I would argue is a controversial pick, but I still punch people in the face if they're wearing a Jethro Tull shirt. <laughs> Good thing I've never actually seen anyone wearing a Jethro Tull shirt. It, it doesn't even make sense that they were in that category. Yeah. But I understand since they were, and for reasons I don't understand, I kind of understand giving them that like legacy award. Because they'd been around, you know, Metallica had been around for at that point about a, about ten years, and Jethro Tull had been around for like two and a half decades. It's a weird thing. I don't know. Had, Everybody has their moment. Jethro Tull has had no uh, ch- change on the popular culture, except for the fact that they didn't deserve that word. Like, yeah, and it, that's true. Because like something like Aqualung would be more of a. Uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a very popular record among people that are currently in the villages having an orgy. Correct. Yeah. Sponsored by the villages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it would be it would be it, that is a popular record among like music nerds, but yeah. that's it. That's Sponsored all. by the villages and Astroglide. <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, one more thing. Video game news. I am super, 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 super excited about this. Uh, TMT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Last Ronin was a 2020 comic, which I read while locked in my house. Uh, it is awesome. They made toys for it that I believe – do you have those toys, Rob? I, I do not. Uh, whenever I, I see the, them, I want the them. TMNT crossover with Universal Monsters. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I – I kind of want them, but I'm just – I don't have the space at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, I don't want to add more before I find the space. Anyway, long story short, it's awesome. It's basically the tale of the very last Ninja Turtle surviving after the other ones get killed. The book starts off as a little bit of a whodunit because you have to figure out exactly – because that turtle has decided to get revenge by learning all of his brother's weapons, and so he walks around with all of them so you don't know who it is. It will not spoil that. Oh, wait. So you don't know – at first, you don't know which turtle it is. Correct. And you, I know which turtle it is. I do too. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. You slowly find out because the turtle is conversing with his dead brothers periodically. Like, and you can, as the story goes on, you see which ones he's talking to and what they're telling him. And it's some of its memory, some of it's not. It's very good. It's written by the original Ninja Turtle people as well. Okay. So just found out 
So is this like a post-apocalyptic thing? Yes. Like uh, 1980s New York style post-apocalyptic. Awesome. Like Akira kind of shit. Yeah. 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 Very close to that, actually. Um, so it's a really good story. You should track it down. It's, it is a comic book, graphic novel. It's out now. But um, they are apparently making a video game for it. Brand new video game news. Um, it is was announced by a guy named Doug Rosen in an interview. He is the senior VP for games and emerging media. Uh, and it's going to be a AAA action title, meaning it's not just going to be a licensed title that just gets thrown out there with like no actual work being done on it. Yeah, you know, They're not just going to use the name to try to sell something. So it's going to be good is basically what I'm thinking. Uh, they are going to base it on the gameplay of God of War, which is fun gameplay and uses very large uh, bosses. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they're going to do some Terradrome action or some, uh, you know, the big Krang robot. He's not that big, but uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I hope it's going to be awesome. Um, of course, they just announced it, and it hasn't. They don't. I don't. They didn't even say who was doing the developing on it. Um, so it's not going to be out for a little while or a long while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will be there if it looks good. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, we are going long. So let's. We will. We already kind of talked about Florida, so we'll skip by. That. Okay. And let's get right into our topics. All right. Who's first? Uh, I guess I could go first, and then I never have to talk again. Perfect. For all of we us, all for ev- everyone involved. Actually, <laughs> I can just leave. So, uh, well, you guys might have noticed we didn't have an episode last week. I mean, you, you might have had an episode last week, but um, people out there listening didn't get to hear it. <laughs> um, that is because I was on vacation. I went to Boston, and it was awesome, and we did ghost tours, and we went to Salem, and we did witch tours, and uh, – you're supposed to say witch tour? Witch tour. Witch tour. Uh, uh, witch clever, tour. Yeah. Clever, and clever. We, uh, we stayed in a haunted hotel. Nothing weird happened. Uh, the only thing – the weirdest thing was um, they had free hot cider in the lobby, um, and it was, stayed hot forever. And like, then it, after you had it, you went up to the desk and said, that hot cider was great, and they were like, what hot cider? Exactly. I don't know if I have uh, spooky music. Do I? I don't think I do. Oh, wait, here we go. Here. There we go. So, um, did that, and then of course that was Salem, and then we went on to Boston. But the reason why I do that, I'm saying this, is because as as I was leaving Boston, um, we had done the ghost tour the night before, and I was just looking up stuff about the Boston Strangler, because and listening to a podcast about it, and lo and behold. On Hulu that exact day, uh, there was a show about the Boston Strangler coming out. You don't say. I don't say. Uh, this show uh, came out on th- March 17th, 2023, directed by Matt Ruskin, starring Kira Knightley. Uh, Carrie Coon. Do you know who Carrie Coon is? What is that name familiar? Uh, she was Proxima Midnight, the the female Thanos. Uh, like, oh, okay. Dude. Or the yeah you know, the the his minions the female one, um Carrie oh, says yeah, Carrie Coon yeah. uh, Chris Cooper isn't it you probably know him Alessandro Nivola uh, and Roy Cochran isn't it and David Dasmauchian he is uh, he actually plays Albert DeSalvo who is theoretically known as the Boston Strangler at least one of the victims um 
So based on the infamous Boston Strangler murders, this is the true story of Loretta McLaughlin. The first reporter to connect the murders and break the story of the Strangler. She and fellow reporter Jean Cole, played by Carrie Coon, of course, challenged the sexism of the early 1960s to report on the city's most notorious serial killer and work tirelessly to keep women informed. Um, so this is on Hulu, and um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, a couple things I know we always have discussed, you know, how is it respectful or not respectful to the um, to the victims of it? Um, it's actually very respectful. You don't they don't show much of anything, if anything. Um, and it, it, as a result, they go with like creative cinematography, which I loved. So like one one of the shots, like the shot is just of an old. It, the, so the Boston Strangler happened in like the sixties, I think. Yeah, it's early '60s, so it's very, very um, different times. In fact, serial killers—they didn't even think were a thing yet. They pretty much at that point thought that all killers were either trying to steal money or a crime of passion or something like that. They didn't know much about sexual thrill killers and revenge killers and things like that. Um, so it's I. It was very interesting the way they showed it. So one of the shots was with one of the killings was they just aimed the te- the f- the camera at a television that was not on, and you could see the reflection of him very faintly. What was very obviously carrying something into a room, placing it on a bed, and then he went over to the television and turned it up really loud and clicked it on. And as soon as he clicked it on, the reflection went away, and all you heard was some screaming and whatever was on the television, like really loud. It was just – it was a really interesting way of showing it, and it was also how they found the body because someone was like – went next door like, Miss So-and-so, your television is loud. Um, so the Boston Killer was weird because – the Boston Strangler was weird because he started off killing very, very, very old women, um, strangling them a certain way and all that. And then there was a few killings that happened around the same time that didn't match that MO, like – because after he strangled them, he would like tie like a com- a comedic bow around their neck with like their stockings or leotard or something like that. And then there was a killing that involved like someone that was stabbed a lot. And they were like, "Well, she had a job in which her neck muscles were too strong to be strangled." Like that's literally what the police said. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had to stab her. So like, it's entirely possible that whoever did that was actually um, a boyfriend or something that just kind of. Did it and they're like, oh yeah, it was Boston Strangler too. Um, and then of course, after all the old women and this person, then all of a sudden these younger nurses and things like that started uh, getting killed. So, what job did she have that her neck muscles were too strong to be strangled? <sighs> that I'm not. I don't remember. It was. I have to. I have to look it up. I I I read that somewhere else actually, or it was in the in the other podcast in one of the podcasts I listened to about it. So they do talk about sexism in this synopsis, but I find it interesting. And the thing I actually kind of really liked about this um, was they didn't create any villains for it. So there was never that like asshole chief or the the reporters. There was never like that asshole that was like being stupid for a reason, like to just to become another villain in the show, like being overly sexist. It was like this person was like, look, you reported on this. We ran it. Everyone's freaking out thinking that. You know, there's now women buying dogs and locks and no one's going out anymore and all this because of this one story. You better be able to back it up. And then the problem she ran into is the police got pissed off at her and like wouldn't – and this is all true – wouldn't let her um, be able to back it up because they were like 
no, we're doing our jobs and you're not, you know, you can't report on this. But the problem was that the guy was still doing things and people didn't know. So there was a lot more victims because people weren't locking their doors. People were, you know. So I thought it was really good that they didn't try to make up that fake victim or that fake villain that was getting in their way. Um, and basically the, the way they did that, which again, apparently based on true story is the, uh, Jean Cole, the Carrie Coon character. Mm -hmm. She, she was the, a female reporter that was on the crime desk already. Kira Knightley plays someone that's on, was on like the cooking desk or the, the housewares desk. And she wanted to expand beyond that. And she saw this woman over there. And at first she starts off like, I hate that woman over there. But then the woman's like, look, this is what you have to do, and started bringing her to the crime scenes, bringing her to us, and it actually allowed them to do that. Um, they're, people, they're pretty much the people that coined the term serial killer. Like they were the first ones that pointed out that this is a thing. Um, long careers, uh, both of them, they remained friends forever. It was, just, it was very cool um, when it came to that. Uh, David Dasmalchian, we know him. He was the spot in uh, uh, Suicide Squad, right? You, that you know him. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, he's oh, yeah. uh, he's uh, Baba Yaga in Ant Man. Um, yeah, he he's. And I he, believe that's incorrect because I believe I coined the phrase serial killer back in 1982 on a Saturday morning <laughs> when I ate the entire box of corn pops. <laughs> you killed the cereal. I did. <laughs> corn, corn pops. <laughs> what a delicious snack! You know what's great about corn pops? You can eat them at any time of day. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use the code Snap Crackle Pop to uh, get Give me five. <laughs> yeah, to get to get fifty cents off your next box of corn pops. Uh, anyway, so it, it, I really en- I enjoyed the that aspect of it. There were some slow parts. Um, I do not. So from what I know about the case itself, I am not entirely sure that DeSalvo did all of the killings, but we know that the very last one, uh, I believe her last name was Sullivan, which is because it's Boston, because everyone's last name is Sullivan up there. Um, She was actually a young nurse. She was 19 years old. She just lived in her place for three days, I believe, when she was killed. Um, They, in 2013, one of uh, DeSalvo's cousins gave DNA. Uh, There was a direct male lineage so the DNA would have been one, almost 100% accurate, and they checked it on semen on uh, on the victim, and turns out he actually did do that one. Uh, the other 10, I believe, have never been solved. They assume that it was him because he said it was him, um, but there is also very you know other potential, uh, I guess, people that could do it. All of them are dead now, I'm pretty sure, but um, – it was interesting, and uh, we saw the ha- the apartment where the woman, uh, the Miss Sullivan, was murdered. Um, it was actually above a delicious brunch place. Hmm. Um, you got my attention. Called the Paramount, I believe. Was but that during your ghost tour? It was during the ghost tour. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't actually like. We were there's, someone actually lives there, like for real, um, and. Uh, I'm sure that they pay extra because you know people are weird and want to live somewhere where someone was killed, which is strange. But you know, anyway, uh, it is on Hulu. You can watch it at any time. It is, it's one of those things that's spooky-ish, but it's not over the top scary. They didn't 
glorify anything or sensationalize anything. It was, but it, um, you know, it has a lot of the things that you would want to see in some sort of like dramatic crime thriller. So I enjoyed it. Okay. Excellent. Very good. What, what are you going to talk about now? Just let me know when you're done because you, know, you can text me. I'll be uh, out doing fun stuff. What? What, <laughs> what do we want to talk about next? You want I know, me to, there's so much. You want me to go over uh, Shazam? Please. Yes. All right. Seeing that, seeing that tomorrow, by the way. Oh, are you? I think so. Well, it depends on what you say. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it all hinges on you. <laughs> Shazam, Fury of the Gods, was actually released, released March 17th of this year, directed by David F. San, David F. Sandberg, and it does star... Uh, we've got our returning cast. We've got Zachary Levi as Shazam. You've got Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, Rachel Zegler, Adam Brody, Ross Butler, DJ Cotrona. Uh, Grace Caroline Curry, who is actually the only one who plays herself and her superhero counterpart. Um, and I think that's probably because she's the closest to adulthood. Like, she's the she's the one who is 18 or is going off to college or whatever. Um, we've also got Megan Good, Lucy Liu, Javon Honsu, Helen Mirren, Faith Herman, Ian Chen, Jovan Armand, Marta Melanz, and Cooper Andrews. So this is the second installation of the boy superhero franchise, Shazam. And in this one, Billy struggles to keep his family together and engaged, while the daughters of Atlas seek to reclaim the power stolen from them by the wizard, played by Jamon Honsu, and get revenge on the mortal realm for harboring the wizard and using their powers. The, the beginning of this movie was so slow hmm that's weird there was a lot of setup um there was so much setup i actually lost interest got up and went to the concession stand to get more food and i then waited for it because i ordered mozzarella sticks Okay, so was the setup worth it? Um, I, Ooh. I don't even know that it was because I Ooh. don't think it was really all that consequential. I mean, the the whole the whole premise, the whole baseline of the movie is is a family, and they even make a joke about he he actually makes a joke during the movie referring to um, Fast and Furious. Um, but it's it's all about family, and it's about trying to keep it keep the family together, and realizing that some people are going their own way, but you're all still going to be family. Blah 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 blah. Sacrifice yourself for the better for the greater good. Blah 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 blah. And action, action, action. Dragon, magic, boom. <laughs> action. <laughs> action. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so the second half. <laughs> Was significantly better. It, it actually saved the movie, and I would say that with the second half, it was good enough to warrant the like six and a half score that it's got on IMDb. Um, and yeah, I I did like it better than the Thor: Love and Thunder movie that you know that I kind of had the same reaction to, where Thor: Love and Thunder was basically two separate movies, the first half and the second half. Right. Um, I I liked it better because it wasn't. The, this movie just was slow in the beginning. It wasn't like they did their main character wrong or they reversed any of his character growth. 
Um, it was it was just that it was just really slow. They had a lot of setup, and I was just like, oh come on, I can't. What? Um, so yeah, I mean the the second half had all the action. Um, Helen Mirren is amazing. Lu I love Lucy Liu. Um, the young girl who plays the the third daughter of Atlas. Um, Hes uh, no, not Hespera. Um, <clears throat> crap, I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, Rachel Zegler, who plays the the daughter of Atlas, the third daughter of Atlas. She was she was pretty good. Um, it it was kind of predictable. So I mean, but if you're going looking for action, you, you're not missing much if you if you miss like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Um, there were, a or couple you could of pause movies. and have some delicious uh, farmers' rich uh, mozzarella sticks. That's right, or some Gordon's Fisherman fish sticks. Uh, I find that at the movie theater, I enjoy um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Nice. That's just perhaps me. a a delicious bag of peanut M and M's. And and all goes down good with a nice large Jack Daniels. Coat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We, we go to di- we go to different theaters. I'm sorry. Actually, Coke and Jack Daniels go very well together too. Yes, very good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the movie wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't absolutely like abjectly disgusting. So, is it is it worth the six? Yeah, is it worth going to see in the theater? Um, I probably say no. Well, you just ruined my weekend. Uh, well, I mean, your kid will probably enjoy it. Yeah, you just, said, you just said that there was a whole lot of boring setup, and that's going to be a yeah, nightmare. Yeah, unless he loses interest in the first half, you'll have to you'll have to let me know how on target I was. Okay, but what yeah, was the movie I, that you reviewed last time that I had seen afterwards, and said I said you were on target. Uh, it's most of them. Oh, it was Ant, it was Ant, it was Ant Man. Yeah, okay. you you and I have fairly fairly similar tastes, I think. So yeah. There is the occasional movie where we disagree on, but for the most part, I think we're both kind of like pretty even keel and right on target with each other. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 not horrendous if you're looking for something to do or if you can get in at a matinee. Cause I definitely wouldn't pay primetime fees. Well, I have the the pass, so. Oh yeah, then you're fine. Nice. Because I mean, that's essentially going for free. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, well, maybe I'll do it because we're gonna we're having a movie night tomorrow. And we're gonna watch the first one because the family hasn't seen it yet. Mm. Watch the other one. So okay, okay. So that's two down. Uh, Omar, and- what you got? So there's a really good book that came out. I I think around 2014. Um, by a guy. Speaking named- of good books, Omar. Um- Oh God! <laughs> yeah, go ahead. How how how's that book I told you to read like two years ago? That doesn't ring a bell. I don't know. Fucking dick. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Are you talking about the Playboy interviews book? Yes. <laughs> That's going well. <laughs> 2016 is when that came out. <laughs> so you can to- buy it on Amazon. Uh, use the actually we do have an Amazon account that you can make we money do. from. We actually do. <laughs> yeah, that one that one's not fake. You go to the give me five podcast.com and click on our Amazon link and uh yeah, you can find that. Or this actually, is a cool yeah, good. This is a cool thing. Uh it's called the subtle art 
of not giving a fuck. Um, it's, it's written by a guy named Mark Manson who has become one of the sort of gurus of self-help. I'm not necessarily a big self-help guy, but this book kind of caught my attention. It obviously has a title that's very catchy. Um, but I think this is you at the right time. Well, I think it hit the world at the right time. Um, this is, this is the anti-hero version of a self-help book. Because when you're reading it and when you're, when you're listening to his interviews or his podcasts, he doesn't come off as a self-help guy. Um, he's very interesting. He's very well-researched. He's very well-read, but he, he just does things in a way that people of our age, our generation can, can sort of relate to. Um, it's been turned into a documentary and the film was, was very good. Um, the basic idea is learning where to, you know, the, the art is to not give a fuck about most things, but, but, but what you do have to figure out is where do you want to focus the stuff that you care about? And it's done, it's done so well. And with, and he uses like stories from history, um, that it's, it's almost self-evident, but if no one told you about these things, you wouldn't even realize that they are a thing. So, um, one of the stories in the book is about a guy who was dropped off in the Philippines during world war II. Japanese soldier. What his job is to, to hold the Philippines and the Americans of course come in and, you know, Long story short, if you don't know, America wins. But this one soldier and um, three other of his fellow soldiers, they just like go deep into the jungle. And for years and years and years, they they, they carry out their own like guerrilla warfare strategy. And eventually three of them die and there's one dude left. And even in the 50s, World War II ended in 1945. In the 50s and even into the 60s, they were like dropping pamphlets for him to find like the war's over, man. You know what I mean? Like it's done. He didn't believe anybody. He was so focused on his thing. He gave, he gave in other words, because the book is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. He gave such a big deal of a fuck about one thing that he missed everything else. He didn't realize that, He's not being lied to. Like the war has been over for a decade, two decades, whatever it might be. He gave such a fuck about this one specific thing that he missed the whole point. So he, he actually missed like 30 years of his life fighting a war that had been over. Like he was dropped there in like 1942 and the war ended in 45. And he just kept going because he didn't believe anybody. But the book is interspersed with stories like that. And the um, <laughs> there's there's a character made up by Mark Manson called the Disappointment Panda, <laughs> who's just like brutally honest with you. 
and they even show like a they they show a, a version of it in the book. The the movie's really cool because it's very um, it's it, the style of the filmmaking is so different. It's so unique. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a like I said, I'm not a self help guy, but but this is so interesting, and it and it it's it's designed to pull you out of your point of view. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. I think it's a great, I think it's a great story. I think it's a great, um, I think it's an interesting way to see the world. Uh, If you find, if you find Mark Manson, I think you'll find um, different, different angles on philosophy and things like that. I've been listening to his podcast lately like based on that book. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's very, very interesting. And I, I don't want to give too much away about it. Cause even though it's not like a traditional story, um, it, it does take you through a journey. And uh, I think if, I think if more people watch this or like read his books, cause he's got another, he's got a couple of different books. Um, I don't know. I just feel like people would be a little bit more chill if that makes sense. All right. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's very, very interesting. And he's, and he's funny. He's definitely of our age. Like in, you know, we're all in our forties. So he's, he's from our generation for sure. Hell um, you say my child says that I'm a man child all the time. Well, but so is Mark Manson. So that actually works. Oh, okay. I've read it. That's good. <laughs> it's a very good book. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Okay. I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Are we moving on? What's the next thing? The next thing I think is the last thing. Ooh. Okay. Oh, is it now? Is it? We check the list. Let's see. We have uh Handsome gentleman talking about the Boston Strangler, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, malcontent talking about Shazam: Fury of the Gods, check. Uh, and uh, a raging douche canoe talking about a book and a documentary. Yeah, okay. So we're on our last thing. Uh, scream, <laughs> scream six. Hell yeah! All right. Well, Scream Six yeah. was. Yeah, really- I feel bad. He's not really a raging douche canoe. Just a regular. Just a regular douche canoe. Yes, yeah, regular um, douche canoe. Scream 6 was released on March 10th of this year, 2023. It's directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett, or Gillette, whatever. Best a man can get. That's right. I get uh, very smooth. I get a very uh, smooth shave from my Gillette razors. Interesting. It, Me it too. Does, it does star Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, Mason Gooding, Skeet Ulrich, Roger Jackson, Dermot Mulroney, Jack Champion, Josh Sagara, Liana Liberato, Devin Nakoda, Hayden Pantier, Tony Ravalori, and Samara Weaving. This this is the uh, the second installment of the Scream franchise that involves the what is it Reed? No, Carpenter sisters, uh, played by Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega. Um, I'm I'm loving Jenna Ortega. She's been in a she's been in a bunch of really great things recently. 
Um, I can't wait for Wednesday season two. She was I. She was in that one movie with the, like the killer chasing that kid and his girlfriend, and they were like kind of ended up in like a dusty like cavern in the desert. Remember, we watched, I think it was like the Babysitter Two or something. Okay, yeah. She was the she was the girl. Really? Yeah. Like they they remember like I think one of them was stabbed. I, it, it's been a while. I think one of them was stabbed, and they were like leaning up against a wall, and like all the teenagers came to get them. Like I know we watched it and reviewed it, but okay. Anyway, the uh, the sisters move to New York to try and blend into a city and start a fresh chapter in their lives. They start going to college, and guess what? Ghostface tracks them down again. Um, the movie itself is, all in all, not terrible. Um, like I said, it stars the siblings from the previous movie. It is a scream movie. They they try to be all misdirecty. But I I actually leaned over because I went and saw this with Scott and his wife while they were here. And I leaned over to him like 15 minutes into the movie and I was like, they're the killer. And I'll be damned if I wasn't right on the nose. I was like, oh, sweet. I got it. Now, there was a twist and... There's a twist that no one would get, and if they tell you they called it, because they're a, they're a damn liar. Because the movie deliberately made it impossible, with no clues as to the possibility that this chance could happen. So it's it's a little bit more than a misdirect, because they they, they really they they've basically lied to you to direct you away from the possibility of this twist. And they didn't really give you any indication that the lie was actually a lie. Um, it is a screen movie, so you've got the you've got the questionable decisions by the cast and crew, or by the by the cast and the characters or whatever in the in the movie. But I, I would have to say that they probably weren't as glaring in this movie as they were in the last movie. I think that was one of the things I complained about with Scream Five was that the people were doing some of the dumbest shit I've ever, I'd, I'd ever seen. Especially, like, the scene where Dewey dies in number five, where... I haven't seen number five yet, you son of a bitch. You shut the fuck up. It's It's been, like, three years. That's your fault. Um, the, uh... Like, he, he shoots Ghostface, knocks him down. Ghostface is laying there unconscious. He's got a damn gun in his <clears> hand. And the only thing they were doing was fleeing Ghostface. They were just fleeing Ghostface. And he just shot Ghostface. Ghostface fell down and was unconscious. And Dewey's like, no, we have to get out of here. No, dipshit. You've got to walk over there and put a bullet in his head. Because he keeps getting the fuck up. You need yeah. to go over there and make sure he doesn't get up. He's not moving. And instead, you know, he waits and waits and waits. And what happens? Ghostface gets up and stabs him in the gut. It's like, really? You know what? You deserve that. Because you're a dipshit. They didn't even so, take the knife away from the hand or take the knife. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there was there was less of the, you know, what in the actual shit are you doing uh, moments in this in this movie. And and I actually kind of enjoyed the movie. I, I, I actually got to sit back and enjoy the movie because there wasn't really anything that pulled me out. I mean, there was one or two scenes where you're like... Ugh. Okay, why are we doing this? This this doesn't make sense, but all right, we it it's not a glaring thing. We can go with it. 
and you know Jenna Ortega Jenna Ortega's character is dealing with with her situation and she just is completely trying to destroy herself um and the the older sister is trying to protect her and and you know then you know it's like oh well you know I kind of do want to live blah 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 and I I liked what they did with this movie I I think this one was better than five interesting huh I will watch five this evening. You seriously have not seen five? I started to, and I forget why I didn't finish it. Like I only saw the very beginning. That's on you, dude. Yeah. Was it three years ago? When did it come out? It came out about two years ago, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now since that's what I do now. It was came it out last year, 2022? January 14th, 2022, yeah. Okay. Still, that's a year and a half. So, uh, I think that's it. Uh, what you guys don't know is that um, somehow uh, our other host has gotten booted from the recording thing. Oh, there he's back. I was just about to say things about him. but uh, I mean well. Yeah. So You're very mean. I'm not entirely sure what that means since he was gone for the past 10 minutes if it's going to completely screw up the recording. So we'll find out. Uh, and I, this system is pretty good about that because there's been a couple other times that's happened. But um, So you might not be hearing his voice now, but you will hear his voice before now. And if you do hear his voice, that's, a, I guess, a little special gift to you out there. When will then be now? Yes. It's a gift like that you can pick up at, at Things Remembered in every mall. Things <laughs> Remembered. Where you can get etched picture frames and jewelry boxes and a great place to, for grandma to store her weed. And for your shrine, you can walk next door to Bed Bath & Beyond and pick up some – no, not – God, I always screw those up. Bath & Body Bath Works. Bath & Body Works and pick up some candles to burn on your altar. Yeah. I like my altar to smell like vanilla sugar cookie. <laughs> Is it weird that Bath and Body Works is abbreviated BBW? <laughs> I never thought of that that way. Wow. Thanks for destroying my, like, consciousness. <laughs> That's why my wife always gets mad when I text her that I'm going there. <laughs> going to BBW. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Uh, say, do do the thing where we say goodbye. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, Omar, you got the, the uh, contact information. Sure. Um, okay, so you can go uh, to Give Me Five Podcasts. Dot com slash Google. Okay, just go have a Mountain Dew. Uh, go to com is where a lot of the stuff is. Uh, you can, of course, uh, check. Uh, please make sure you uh, like and subscribe to us so that we can actually get all of these crazy sponsors that are no doubt clamoring to have us sell out, at which point we'll say no. Our listeners are way too important for that. Lexus, we're listening. Uh, you can reach out at gimme5podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter, gimme5pod. Uh, at, as I said before, the best thing you could do is uh, leave us reviews on all of your podcast apps. That's it. I'm done. Rob. Do the thanks. thing. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. And remember, like I always say, spread love everywhere you go. The chlamydia is just a bonus tax. <laughs>
I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't think that we should be spreading love everywhere we go. What about the hepatitis? It's a bonus bonus. <laughs> yeah. So That's the hidden bonus. <laughs> yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> no, that's herpes. That's the Cello the Month Club. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> to a time we're winners in the Omar has given up. <laughs> Omar is done. I wonder if he disconnected. Well, he's data. I'm short round. And we've also got Wayman Wang here with us. Uh, Did he Fuck. disconnect too? Who disconnected? Omar. Oh. <sighs> and it starts already. Right, Florida man. Yes, you may include... as well go ahead and pause the recording. <laughs> First story that showed up when I googled Florida man. Florida man accused of driving a hundred miles per hour to get girlfriend to Taco Bell interview. <clears throat> well, when the interview calls, you know. Oh my God, it's better than that. We still have to introduce ourselves. Florida man suspended. Florida man with suspended license drives 100 miles per hour with three kids in the back. Holy crap. Florida well, man we'll, arrested. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. With uh, pizza slice during. Yeah, that's like our eighth story of people <laughs> slapping someone with a pizza slice. It's so weird. It's like the weapon of choice down here. It really is. So, um, okay, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, yeah. So what, what were we talking about today? I think that's where we are. I was saying that we're a semi-entertaining show. And I was wondering if there's a Florida man story, but apparently there are a few. Um, 